0: Welcome to the Conversations That Matter podcast. My name is John Harris. Lots of craziness in the world today. We're going to talk about a little bit of it leading up to Thanksgiving. In fact, if you're in certain states, like New York, let's say, Thanksgiving may be crazy because you can't have more than 10 people. And in New York, you know, an Italian family in New York, I mean, that's not even your nuclear family. Sometimes that's more than 10 people. Um, uh, It's just California is similar. A bunch of states have these lockdowns by decree of... The governor. So, uh, the jurisdictional issues um, are just insane. I mean, it. it, This is you know the the go-to, and I've seen some videos where uh, there's one I think I saw was yesterday in I believe it was Ohio, if I'm not mistaken, or Michigan. I forget it was somewhere in the Midwest. But you had a crowd of people basically chanting "Get out!" to some police who had come into this private business where the people weren't wearing masks. And and one of the things though that they said leading up to this sort of altercation was. Um, the questioning of the police, the the pushback, and said, "Where is the law? Show us the law. Where is it?" And of course, there there is no law uh, that that says these things. This wasn't passed by a legislature. This is the decree of the executive branch. And one of the things that I really, honestly, I'll be just perfectly honest with you uh, about this year that I'm thankful for. Uh, and and of course, this is Thanksgiving week. There's many things we have to be thankful for. There's always things to be thankful for. But one of the things about this year is. The Pietist wing of evangelical Christianity and Christianity in general—that that wing that just kind of wants to be like an ostrich, stick its head in the sand, uh, kind of assume that everything outside of their local church or, or even their personal relationship with Christ, sometimes—I mean, depending on how wide the circle is—is is irrelevant. Um, that that kind of Christianity isn't working anymore it's not it's just not practical it's not where people are it's not the kind of situations they're facing it was a luxury that people were able to just have a horrible interpretation of romans 13 uh, myopic one for so long in this country because this country uh, did not challenge directly generally uh, the goings-on in the church or in the religious life of the people and now that has changed completely and 2020 is the year that it happened. And so churches that um, are having to rethink these things, uh, many pastors have changed their positions on the lockdowns, uh, masks, all that kind of thing, uh, which I think is great. Um, and uh, and the ones that aren't, the ones that are stubbornly trying to still be like an ostrich with their head in the sand, are being kind of viewed by popular audiences, the common people, the lay people, the people that actually fund these institutions, uh, they're kind of being viewed as irrelevant. You know, how can you help us navigate the life we live in? Uh, it's, it's that old adage, you know, so heavenly minded, you're no earthly good. And, um, of course, you know, there, there's the application of God's law is so wide and far reaching. It applies to things like civil government. It applies to the daily decisions we have going to work and functioning. And so, um, so I think if you're heavenly, if you're truly heavenly-minded, if you truly care about the eternal truths laid down in God's Word, you're going to be earthly good. Uh, but of course, uh, I understand the adage; I get it totally. And um, and this is the year where the wheels are falling off of that kind of religious uh, tradition, uh, if we want to call it that, because it is it's a it is a Pharisaical religious tradition basically. Uh, so anyway, um, I'm I'm happy for that. I just want to tell you guys I've just been you know, I wasn't even expecting opening the show with that remark, but I've just been seeing some things out there that that make me uh, happy to see that churches, even though it's very late in the game, are starting to finally, some, some, not all, but some are starting to finally figure out, wait a minute, hold on. (laughs) Is that really what Romans 13 says? Does government really have the right to do this? I mean, jurisdictionally speaking, is that even legal uh, to have this lockdown mandate when there's no law? Um, So, Anyway, uh, that's that's just something. Uh, you know what? I'll probably do an episode on this. I've had a number of people ask me, "Hey, John, what about the mask issue? You know, how do you navigate that?" Uh, and, and honestly, people approaching it from a completely wrong angle. Some of them, uh, and that's okay. I'm gonna, I'll talk about it in a future episode. But the question is usually asked: um, "Show me specifically, like chapter and verse, that tells me I don't have to wear a mask." <laughs> As if the burden of proof and the onus is just completely on the people who don't want to wear masks, uh, when in fact it's not. The onus and the burden of proof is completely on a tyrannical government. It's completely on the people wanting to force the masks. And uh, and we'll discuss that, like I said, in a future episode. But uh, the subject of this episode is not that. I wasn't actually planning on saying any of that. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about the Stop the Steal rallies. Um, I'm not someone who normally goes to political uh, protests, uh, uh, you know, rallies, whatever, I've been at a few. I, I I remember, you know, I was at one of the Tea Party ones when, when the Tea Party was a thing. Uh, you know, I've been um, up at, uh, when I lived in New York, uh, we went up to the state capitol a few times for different issues and uh, one time there was kind of a, uh, this was before uh, they had legalized same-sex marriage and there was kind of a, a rally there, I remember. Um, I was young at the time, uh, but you know, it's not a habit of my life. And I think for most people, it's no, we don't want to go to rallies. Um, most people don't want to do that. We don't want to be involved more politically than we need to be. We, we, we think politics is kind of, there, there's it, it's dirty in some ways. I mean, this, I, I just think this is how most people think about it. Even most most conservatives think about it this way. I don't know if liberals all the time do. Liberals tend to, that it is their religion often. So uh, they're much more likely, I think, to get involved in protests. But conservatives are generally like, leave me alone. I just don't even want to think about it. And in 2020, we haven't had that luxury. Again, this is—it is infringing. The political realm is infringing on our lives so much, and um, and, and so for me, uh, this was a matter of conviction that you know, um, you know, even thinking about it from this perspective in the future, when I have kids and grandkids, and uh, if the Lord tarries and I'm able to um, have a relationship with them in a free area where we're able to do that. Uh, I w- want to be able to tell them, yeah, this is where, where I was. This is, I was part of it. I saw what was happening in 2020. I did everything that I knew to do um, to make sure that, uh, that freedom was not lost. Uh, this isn't about Donald Trump, guys. And those who th- say it is, who think it is, are is, you're, you're out to lunch. This has nothing to do really with Donald Trump, except for the fact that Trump is the sitting president and Trump is willing to fight. This has to do with election integrity. And behind that is the loss of our freedom. And freedom in the sense of civil liberties uh, that have, um, have have been the mainstay in this republic uh, since it's, well, <laughs> there have been exceptions, but the general pattern has been, for the most part, that we have faith in the institutions, uh, that they, we do have free and fair elections, um, that uh, Americans on both parties are going to treat each other with respect, they're going to treat the church with respect, they're going to... Um, Make sure that there are commonly shared values that Americans hold that are enshrined and those are protected. Well, we don't live in that anymore. And elections uh, is just one aspect of that. But that, it's a pretty big one. It's a pretty big one. We don't really have another recourse. Uh, we don't have the media. As, as, as political conservatives and social conservatives, the two go together. We don't have the media. We don't have uh, the political establishment. We don't have um, academia. Uh, we don't have big tech. We, we don't even have big business. What we do have are our voice on election day. That's what we have. And now we're finding out, wait a minute, that has been compromised to an extent that it could have. And it looks like it did impact the election in such a way that the wrong candidate won and perhaps wrong candidates won. It's a frightening thought. And it is one of the last, it's the last things. And I mean, after this, and here, here's what a lot of conservative pundits are saying. I'm not, I'm not the only one saying this. Um, there's only really one thing after you lose elections, like lose them in the sense of their integrity, not fair and square losing, but you you lose faith in the electoral process. There's one last refuge you have. And you know what that is? You know what that is. And I hope you guys are all, even if you're not a firearms person, even if you're someone who um, didn't grow up with that, I, I hope you're thinking about at least having some kind of mechanism for defense because that's the last, uh, that's it. After you, when, when you don't have elections anymore and and there's people and I've seen them you know antifa thugs I've, I saw them in DC when there's those kind of people that want to kill you make no mistake that's what many of them want uh, we're already hearing all kinds of things about progressives now that they think Biden's won uh, they want to uh, do kind of re-education uh, and they want to put they make you know AOC was the infamous one for having the enemies list but there's others who have said they want to do re- re-education. Uh, this, this is, you know, for Trump voters to, to you know, deconstruct their Trumpism. Uh, this is where we're at. So I, I sure hope you are hearing what I'm saying and taking it seriously, uh, because if, if we don't have faith in the electoral process, uh, things could get, um, things could get ugly. And uh, so um, anyway, th- this part of the reason that I'm going to these events, I don't want to lose that. I don't want to, you know, I don't want to lose the, the country that I grew up in. I don't want to lose uh, the integrity of our our system because I know that leads to tyranny. And there have been some encouraging things. There have been some disappointing things uh, in my observations at both of these rallies. And I want to talk about that with you uh, a little bit. So first, um, let me share with you, this is uh, in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania. That's where I went last weekend. And I want you to notice First of all, how diverse this crowd is. Here's some pictures. Um, You have a Japanese flag in the bottom left corner here. Um, You have a few people with masks, but by and large, most of the people there do not have masks, uh, which technically I think is actually breaking the new, whatever the new edict is. Um, I mean, I walked into a Planet Fitness there on the way up and uh, they told me that I had to have a mask even on the cardio machine. I mean, you know, and it was in brand, brand new regulation uh, because of the governor. But people here are mainly not wearing masks. Um, many of them, though, like I said, uh, the Japanese flag, uh, there's a Korean flag, um, and a lot of people from uh, China, uh, North Korea, those kinds of places that are immigrated to the United States, along with American flags, don't tread on me, Trump flags, these kinds of things. And and that is fascinating. Here's a, a South Korean, I believe, flag, uh, top left. um, and, you know how many people were there probably a few hundred uh, you know I don't know 500 people maybe it wasn't a, a huge huge crowd not like the hundreds of thousands that were at the uh, one in DC that I was at the week before but I would say more than 50 percent uh, were not uh, Caucasians uh, mainly Asian uh, immigrants and I thought that was absolutely fascinating and I want to I want to show you before actually we'll, we'll get here in a minute To the observations Uh, i so they they had like a an open mic kind of thing where uh i guess they didn't have like a keynote speaker or anything this was very grassroots this was very um just common people no republican state legislators there no politicians uh, which is kind of a disappointing thing i'll talk about that in a minute but they had an open mic and so people were able to just go and make a little speech. And so, um, so I'll tell you what led up to this. I'm going to show you the speech I made. Uh, th- it, there was one point in the rally; it seemed like it was kind of dying off a little. Um, they had some speakers who just they weren't as articulate, perhaps, and um, just not motivating. And uh, and so I walk up to to where the, the the bullhorn is and stuff, and I'm like, all right, I'm going to try to get this this party revving again, right? And. <laughs> um. As soon as I'm like in line for it, this this guy comes out who uh, just really charismatic, like uh, he's tall. Uh, he's, his dad was North Korean. He's an Asian guy. He's got kind of like um, tactical gear on. And he starts just giving this excellent speech. And he's, you know, talking about I mean, he mentions Jesus Christ a few times. And that's one of the things I've noticed at both The Stop the Steal, overtly religious guys, overtly religious. Um, And I'll talk about that in a minute, too. But he starts talking about Jesus Christ as king uh, and and he's against the Chinese Communist Party. And we look out at the front of the state capitol and there is, I don't know, like six or seven cars, you know, like escalades and stuff come come down uh, the street. And they have signs in different languages, like Chinese it looked like, and uh, you had, uh, even, uh, it's a different religion, I think, Falun Gong. I mean, I've never had any experience with Falun Gong, but one of the cars had Falun Gong. I guess they're a persecuted minority in China of some kind. Um, but all these, these Asian, these vehicles uh, from, I guess, China, uh, Ch- Chinese immigrants, and they um, it became while well, this guy was speaking a rally against the Chinese Communist Party. Now, you think about this for a minute with me. Why in the world would an election in the United States be turn into a, a protest about that election? Turn into a protest against the Chinese Communist Party? And why would there be so many more Asians there than than, than Caucasians? Um, and, and I, you know, I was asking someone there. I said, "Is Harrisburg is there like a big population?" Of Asians and and p- people didn't seem to think there was, um, so that that even makes it more interesting to me in a way. It means these people are committed. They're probably traveling from somewhere to be here, and I can't say the same honestly for a lot of the other people that live in Pennsylvania. And I can't say the same for Christians either, and that's a sad thing to me. Uh, and I, what I mean by there are a lot of I think everyone there probably would have claimed to be some form of either Christian or Catholic or something other than the fallen car. I, I I do think that because so, so many of the things were overtly religious. I mean, they, I think they prayed the Lord's prayer, if I remember. Uh, I mean, there was so there's so much scripture. I'm having a hard time remembering. Every speaker just about that came up had to mention God in some way. So there were Christians, but what I mean by that is is there weren't. It wasn't a lot, uh, and and certainly we didn't see leaders like Republican leaders. But we didn't see really pastors. There was like one pastor there, and and that. You know, I, in one way, I, I felt almost like, does this, these, these immigrant people, these people that, you know, their dad, like the, this man who spoke, his father escaped North Korea and he was there speaking out against the Chinese Communist Party and against the Democrats. They, they put him in the same, isn't that interesting, guys, that those who know tyranny, who, are, who have, have lived or their parents have lived with tyranny in their backyard in North Korea and China, they look at the Democratic Party and they see something familiar. Doesn't that bother anyone? Does that bother any of you Christians out there, knowing what the Chinese and the North Koreans do to Christians? Or does it really matter? Because, well, the Democrats can come to our churches too, like David Platt says, and it's fine to vote for a Democrat. They see something that we do not see when they have tyranny in their backyard. Same thing with the Cubans in Florida, who had an understanding of what it was like in Cuba, so they came out for Donald Trump. They're seeing something that most of the quote-unquote evangelicals in this country fail to see or don't want to see. I'm not sure which half the time. And I think we've taken liberty for granted for so many years. We have no clue what we may be in for. And once, once you're in the cage, then it's too late. And so I, I have to say um, these, these individuals who respected their uh, the liberty that they have uh, been afforded and including the liberty to worship god who travel to be at this event i have so much respect for and i just think it's very telling the the, the makeup of this um uh, of this particular audience in harrisburg um, i noticed that the big one in dc there was it was also very diverse uh you had all kinds of people but this one it just it stood out to me and uh, and so anyway so i'm there i'm waiting in line this guy takes the mic and he is just so good. I, I, he got the crowd really revved up and I decided, you know, I, I kind of left the area cause I was like, okay, you know, we're, we're fine now, you know, we <laughs> don't need, uh, don't need me. Um, because clearly, you know, everything's taken care of. Well, I wasn't planning on speaking at that point. And then, uh, the guy who was speaking before me, he noticed, I guess, that I was waiting to speak and he comes up to me and he just basically hands me, you know, Hey, or, or he tells me, he's like, Hey, you know, you're speaking next. And so I was like, "Oh, okay." And it was kind of almost sprung on me. So I, I, um, I was kind of this was kind of stream of consciousness here a little bit. Uh, but here is what I said at the Stop the Steel rally in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania last weekend. I want to
1: ask everyone a question here for a moment. How many of you have ever give me a show of hands attended a political protest before? How many of you have done it before? All right, do show of hands. How many of you is this your first time? someone who naturally comes to a political protest. And I know many of you feel the same way. But I drove five hours this morning to be here with you. And I want to tell you why I did it. I was in Washington, D.C. last week. I'm here this week. I live in Lynchburg, Virginia. And we, we were chanting earlier about 1776. Well, my family traces back to 1776. My last name is Harris, and I have relatives that lived in Harrisburg at that time. I have relatives that came from all over this country, as many of you did. We've had speakers here whose ancestors came from North Korea, who came from all over the place, and they came here. Why? Freedom! Freedom. Self-government. Not government. By men who are flawed, who make their own rules. Mm-hmm. Government uh, by the people, people who live under a law. The law comes from God. It does mm-hmm. not come from government. Hallelujah. Yes. Amen. I, I'm going to make a, a little confession here. I did not vote for Trump in 2016. Me too. You're okay. forgiven. Okay. So i you why I did John, and why someone who travels five hours to show up at a protest. About a year and a half ago, I heard about something called the Great Reset. How many of you have heard of the Great Reset? I thought it was a conspiracy theory and I did some research. It is not a conspiracy theory. There is one person standing in the way of globalists who want to perish the world into international communism. And that man's name is Donald Trump. I do not want my children living in a world in which they are slaves of the state. I want them to have the freedom that I have—the freedom, and this is the most important one—to worship God yes. go to church and not be told that yes. they can't go because of a pandemic. Hello. This is listen. We have a government that is so secular, they think that we're just going to buy the idea that physical safety is the only important thing. What about mental safety? What about spiritual safety? What about being around others? What about worshiping God and obeying His commands? Amen. That's why I'm here today. You know why else I'm here? Because God has given me a responsibility to defend my family. Hallelujah! the president-elect wants to end that right by taking away our second amendment. No way! I won't let him do it. No way! My wife doesn't like guns. We bought one yesterday for her. She cried a little when she shot it the first time. (laughs) (laughs) She's getting real used to it now. And so am I. Amen! I cannot believe what I've seen. I, I've, I've been to college, I've, I've, I've worked all kinds of different jobs, I'm a small business owner, and it seems like every institution that I turn to is falling to communist propagandists. And I have to ask you a question, where are the men? Right. Where are the men that right. step on, with right. spine, who Stand on. up and stand in the gap right. to right. oppressive authority. Right. Amen! Amen. Hallelujah! I appreciate y'all listening to me this morning. I say y'all because I drove up from Virginia. I love you guys. It is encouraging to be here. We need to be here. Uh, you, I mean, showing up. You guys have done so much just being here. The next step, if you haven't done it, please, I did this in Virginia. Call your state legislatures. Tell them not to certify this fraudulent election. They work for us. We don't work for them. They can think that, but it's not true state legislatures if you can donate to the Trump campaign it's a lot of money to try to fight this they need people to donate and then organize in your small town in your city whatever platform you have you. everyone everyone has friends everyone has family even if it's one or two people organize with them talk to them about this open your mouth don't stay silent like so many people who are trying to keep their head down are doing we're gonna lose our country if we if we stay silent my ancestors didn't do that. They fought. Their blood is soaked in the soil of this country, and I'm not going to let them down on So Thank you very much. Okay.
0: Yeah, I tend to lose my voice within about two seconds of doing street preaching. I've tried that a few times, and uh, I sound. <laughs> I'm. I got a limit. Um, but hey, that that was just. That's what one guy. And I'm just a guy, guys. I, like I said, even in, in that little uh, speech there, I, I am just a small business owner. Um, that's what one person can do when they go to some of these rallies. You're there to encourage other people, guys. And I know it encouraged, especially older folks, it encouraged a lot of them to say, hey, here's a young guy, relatively, who's here, who drove, who sacrificed, who cares about the future of this country. Uh, some of them veterans who fought for this country. They want to know that there's someone who cares. And that is a way that you can show that. Um, And there's also obviously practical things to get done. I mean, look, I didn't see anyone from the mainstream media there, Uh, but there were plenty of people with cell phones. Uh, There was one uh, outfit that looked like that maybe they were an Asian, some, I don't know what country, but they represented some alternative media, maybe from an Asian country. Uh, The videos make their way online usually somehow. I mean, I do think it does make a difference. You're, You're encouraging people. And you are getting the message out that we need to call our state legislators. We need to donate. Um, And I said to the Trump campaign, I mean, now you can either donate, I guess, to the Trump campaign or you can donate to Sidney Powell directly. Um, But but by the way, little tangent here, uh, because I know this is kind of a big deal right now. Uh, There's so many conservatives in the media seem to think that everything's just falling apart. And look, I'm not in the back rooms hearing what Sidney Powell is saying to Jenna Ellis, to Rudy Giuliani, to Trump. I have no clue exactly what's happening in those back rooms. But I made a little video uh, to encourage you guys on Twitter yesterday. And I just said, look, you know, you're operating basically half the conservative media or more are just operating based on speculation right now. They're just assuming they know why. Uh, Sidney Powell is not with the Trump legal team. And there could be multiple reasons for it. It could be a strategic difference. It could be that she's going to file in criminal court or something and they're filing in a civil court. It could be there's just strong personalities. And Jenna Ellis and Sidney Powell and Rudy don't they don't all see to eye to eye. And but they're working separately to accomplish a similar outcome. And there's nothing wrong with that. And this isn't just about getting Donald Trump, you know, the, the rightful, you know, making sure that, that he's in because we throw out the illegal votes. Um, this is about more than that. This is gonna. This fight needs to continue even after whoever the president elect uh, ends up being is in office, because um, th- this is. I mean, and I think Sidney Powell is committed to the long game. I mean, if you know anything about Sidney Powell, she's gonna write a book about it. <laughs> she's probably gonna write a few books about it. Maybe at least one. Um, she she's gonna fight this tooth and nail. She seems like a fighter to me, and her track record is that. And she's a you know track record is that she's a pretty good lawyer. So um, so if you want to give financially give to Sidney Powell or give to the, the Trump team or you know, whoever you think. But, um, but I, I wouldn't freak out too much about this detail. I mean, there's probably plenty of other things you could freak out about if you wanted to. But this little thing that the, you know, Rudy Giuliani put out there that Sidney Powell's is not part of our team, that, to me, that, all the worry about that is based completely on speculation. Uh, and I, I've listened. Look, I've listened to a lot of guys. Oh, Sidney Powell doesn't have the goods. Oh, she's even saying Republicans are in on it. Like, guys, really? You, you don't think Republicans might be also in on some corruption? I mean, come on. I mean, look, until she really drops a lot of the primary source evidence, which why would you expect her to do that ahead of a court date? I mean, do you guys do you remember how long it took uh, for I mean, this whole. Thing with russia collusion even with the, the comey situation with the clinton emails do you remember how long that whole process took and we're expecting that in a few weeks sydney powell is just going to drop all the primary sources she has so she can signal to the democrats uh all the information she has so they can be ready for her in court i mean come on i mean let's let's get real about this guys this is this takes a lot of resources to pull off and you know i i just i'm just more realistic about this uh i'm trying to be at least um i i see the the way i see it guys right now with the election itself is you have uh really i mean there might be a third option possibly but i it's so po- it it's such a small possibility i don't even want to talk about it quite yet there's two things i could see happening uh that are positive outcomes right one is enough states don't certify the elections or the or um courts throw out certifications whatever they're challenged somehow that biden does not reach the 270 remember it's not about trump getting to 270 it's about keeping biden from reaching 270 that is a more attainable goal at this point point. and the other thing of course is that it goes to to the supreme court and the supreme court has to make some hard rulings on some of this stuff which i don't know if there's time for that those are kind of like the two ways that this could shake out and and, and you know they may be long shots um but look, that doesn't mean you don't get behind them. It doesn't mean you don't put everything into them. This is going to have far-reaching consequences. Uh, and one of the reasons is because there's a lot of people who don't have any faith in the system right now. That's a really bad place to be if they don't think that they have a political recourse for their grievances. That's a really, really bad place to be. And and you want to make sure that even if Donald Trump uh, it, it doesn't make it, to be the president elect uh, that you're still fighting this and you're still in court dealing with some of these issues. So I, I don't think a donation to any of these things is is a bad waste of money or anything like that because this isn't really about Donald Trump, just so you guys know. Um, but I'm not caving in either. And I'm not, look, I wanna encourage you. I, I think Trump can still do this. And and there are, there are some questions about, um, I'll, I'll leave some breadcrumbs. There are questions about foreign interference Uh, you can look at two years ago, the, um, uh, executive order Trump made about that topic. Uh, there is something, we'll go look up the insurrection acts. Um, I know it's public now, so you can, you know, about the server in Germany, supposedly that, uh, was, you know, involved in the election in some way. Uh, there are other things as well. And, um, and so there is there is another thing brewing that is related, but not uh, it, it, it's not part of the legal fight. Not at this point. And, and so I don't know. Where does that end up? I don't know. Does the DOJ get involved? What do they you know? Are they involved already? I don't know. So um, lots of possibilities. we got to be ready for them. Right. And that's that's if there's anything that you hear me saying, it's be ready. Be ready with your family. Uh, you know, make sure that you can defend yourself, make sure, uh, you know, this is the common sense things that you'd have in any emergency. Make sure you have those just in case you always want to be ready. And, um, if, if you have, uh, look, if, if your area has uh, a reputable, some areas have these, I know some of you think I'm crazy for even mentioning this because your area doesn't, but some areas, especially in red states have, uh, like the constitution allows for uh well-regulated militias that are have good reputations. They're not, uh, they're not crazy people, and you want to do your homework on that. But you might want to start looking into something like that in case there's real civil unrest. Um, this, look, if Trump pulls this off somehow, you think there's not going to be civil unrest? And even if he doesn't, and you've got a, half the country, or more than half, per, possibly, who think that they don't have any recourse for their grievances, what, what would that do? Um, I mean, it takes, it takes one little match for a flame. And, and that flame can get big, but all it takes is one first strike. So uh, I just encourage you, I'm not trying to scare you, but just be ready. Just be ready. And this is our time. The Lord has put you here on this earth for a reason at this time, geographically, where you're standing right now. And he just expects you to be faithful, uh, to obey his commands, to steward well the things he's given you. That includes your country. And um, and so anyway, uh, a few more things to say about this because i keep getting off on tangents i'm sorry about that but hopefully they're they're helpful tangents for you uh let's talk about some of the observations this is a real reason i made this video just to to give you some observations about the republican party uh first of all these stop the steal rallies are overtly religious overtly so check out this clip So those King, just three King, three different King, uh, I've King, this with my own eyes, like I said constantly references to, to God and Jesus that are brought up. Um, I've seen uh, you know the Lord's Prayer being recited, public readings of Scripture. These are all good things, and sometimes mixed within that. I didn't see it in Harrisburg, but in the D.C. rally, sometimes there's, there's foul language here and there, and there's other things that are mixed in that— would cause maybe confusion for uh, for some people and um, and perhaps rightfully so uh, at points I, I know some of the pushback um, to this kind of thing over the when when similar things from the religious right have emerged in the 90s and 2000s the pushback from uh, some conservative evangelicals was hey hold on. There's Roman Catholics there. There's probably members of cults, people who aren't even Christian, and they're marching with you. And how can you even, you know, what fellowship is like to do with darkness? How can you even partner with such a person? And and here's the thing. I, I'm just going to tell you kind of what I think of that. I'm not there because, like I, I told you why I was there. I'm not there uh, to have a Christian worship service. <laughs> I'm not there um, to uh, put my stamp of approval and endorse aberrant theology. Um, A lot of this stuff is is super basic stuff that people, I mean, Christ is King is just a really basic pronouncement. Now, which Christ are you talking about? Those, I mean, those are important things, but I don't think all the people there are Christians. I don't think all the people there are even, I mean, I don't see public, uh, a lot of public repentance of sin and those kinds of things. I don't think this is a revival. I don't. I'm going to tell you what I think it is. And why I'm comfortable going to to these Stop the Steal rallies. The reason people are saying this, and I'm just about positive on this, is because they're recognizing something. And it's probably a few things, but the main one is they see the government, the current, the Great Reset, the globalist push. uh, They see the Democrat Party. They see Black Lives Matter, uh, the mask thing, all these things as being part of a religion. They're finally recognizing, common people are recognizing this, that this is a competing religion. And you can't just fight a religion with secularism. Secularism doesn't work. It never does. Even the most secular communist um, empires have had to basically elevate their leaders like Mao or Stalin to a level of deity. Uh, North Korea is a perfect example of this. They have to have a religion. The state becomes the religion. And that, and we, and people are recognizing that is exactly what's happening. And so, for all the uh, the David Platts and the John Pipers and the uh, you know Tim Keller's and the list just goes on and on and on. All these people, uh, the Nine Marks guys, who just think that oh, you can just you know Democrats in our church, that's fine, uh, no problem. Republican Democrat, whatever floats your boat, you can come to our church and worship God. Who all the people who think that it's like they're living in 1975 or something. I mean, it's like, you know, hey, Jimmy Carter could just, you know, arise out of the Democratic Party today. Uh, we, we could have people who just disagree on, um, uh, on the way the economy should function. But, hey, they, they can be Christians and stuff. That ain't, that ain't what we're dealing with, guys. That ain't what's going on. And the common people, the lay people, get it. The people who would show up at these demonstrations, I think they get it. And they see that, hold on, the government is claiming to be king. The government is saying what we can and can't do. The government is infringing on our personal liberty and our religious liberty and Christ is king. You're not king, Christ is king. It is a it is a statement of rebellion against the government to, to remind them that they are not the sovereigns. They don't get to make those decisions and that is a glorious truth. It is It is true, no matter whose mouth that comes out of, it is absolutely true. And so here's the thing for Christians, I think it's an opportunity, <laughs> and I've, I've told someone this a couple of days ago. You can, and, and I wish I would have even thought of this more. But you can go to some of these rallies, and this is a great opportunity. You know, an open mic or something. I mean, there's lots. Of, I could have shared the gospel. I could have done a lot of things I didn't do in that speech. I didn't have much time, and I'm, you know, and, and there's people in line and stuff. But you can go with the mindset of, look, we're gonna, I'm, I'm gonna share good theology here. I'm gonna share the gospel. Uh, and I'm going to relate it back to self-government. If we govern ourselves, we don't. We, the government can't do much. They can't oppress us if we're self-governing. The Constitution was made for a moral and religious people. It's wholly inadequate for any other. And so, this is an opportunity for Christians to show up at these events. I mean, true Orthodox Bible believing, and some of them are there, obviously. Uh, but it, for the for those, I'm saying the the big Eva types who want to distance themselves, who would never be caught dead at something like this, it's actually an opportunity for you. you know. And, and, and hey, look, an Antifa rally might be too. You just might want to make sure you have body armor if you go to one of those. Um, <laughs> but look, uh, this is a great opportunity because you get the chance. I, I wrote a tract years ago, and I should probably get it reprinted. Uh, it was a 4th of July tract. And I, I remember one year, I dressed up like George Washington, and we were handing out this thing. And it was, it was a pocket... Uh, Declaration of Independence. So you could read the Declaration of Independence, but we put, we, we, I, we had custom tracks, or track planet, I forget which. They, they, they printed in the back a whole thing I had written on the foundation of the um, America, uh, of our legal system, which traces back to British common law. But the idea of self-government, the idea of understanding man being evil, so we need checks and balances, and these kinds of things. And I routed it right into the gospel. And it was... I mean, it, that, that's a, a tool that you can use. Those kinds of things, having those kinds of conversations. This is something that you can you can remind patriots of because as they're reminding the government that they're not king, you can remind them of who the Christ is that they're talking about. This is who he is. He's born of a virgin. He's the third person of the Trinity. He died for your sins. That means there's something called sin and we've broken God's law. That means we need to be right in a right relationship. Jesus Christ has made a way. Through his sacrificial death on the cross, uh, he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us that we might become the righteousness of God. Repent, believe. I mean, this, it, it's so, it really is um, a, a narrative that is just ready for for this kind of, it's fresh. These, these people need leaders. That's what I'm trying to say. These people need leaders. They need pastors there. They need uh, political officials there. And they're not showing up. Not like they should be. Um, they need guidance but they're recognizing something even the elites in evangelicalism don't seem to get that this is a false religion the social justice religion is a false religion and the remedy for it is proclaiming that christ is king and that is a rebellious thing and there's nothing wrong with it so that was an interesting interesting thing and the reason that's so interesting one of the reasons is because it shows us those who show up those who actually care about the future of their country uh, the base of the Republican Party, they're social conservatives, right? They're religious people. They care about things like abortion. They care, I mean, I don't know, I, I heard the pedophilia thing, I don't know how many times. Uh, they, they, I mean, I think if you did a poll, you'd find out the vast majority of the people showing up these rallies, they, they're not down with the gay marriage stuff. They have probably put up with this kind of thing, but that's not who they are. The people that are willing to volunteer and show up, they are social conservatives. And that is the group of people that both Big Eva and the Republican establishment throw to the curb every single chance they get, social conservatives, uh, the, because they're, they're the bigots, they're the rednecks, uh, they're those people that don't have a nuanced, holistic pro-life approach that we have uh, figured out. Uh, those are the people that are just so simplistic on homosexuality. They they don't realize it can be some innate orientation that you don't really practice. Uh, they just see things in so black and white terms. They just, you know, simpletons who read the Bible and just try to believe what it says without having the degrees we have. And so, I mean, these are the people that are showing up at these rallies, okay? The people that are disdained. And and I, I think that is significant because it's the dumbest thing in the world for the Republican Party to throw these people at the curve, to not show up and to lead them. Uh, they're the ones that actually vote for you. They're the ones that actually get you into the office and do all the volunteer work and they're willing to do it. And it's like there's an army out there that can help you, but you're, you're embarrassed because of what will the media think of me? What will the world uh, establishment think of me? Who cares? <laughs> um, and like I said, elected officials were absent at both these rallies for the most part. There was a few at the, the DC one. Uh, there is more loyalty right now, though, to Trump than the GOP. And this is an interesting dynamic as well, because even though I think a lot of these social conservatives, they're not, uh, you know, they, they're not naturally the people that I think would be the hugest Trump fans in the world. I think the reason that they love Trump, and I'm starting to f- almost feel this way in a sense, the reason there's so much love for Trump isn't because of, I mean, as Big Eva would tell you, oh, they, you know, they, his character, his, the, the, his moral inadequacies and so forth. They're, they're almost like the reason people love him. That's not the reason. It has nothing to do with it. If anything, those are stumbling blocks and barriers. The reason people like Trump is because they have been kicked to the curb so many times. And people that sound real good, smooth you know I'm talking you know the JD Greers in the church and uh, you know and in, in politicians there's there's tons of guys like the Ben Sass types these guys who sound so good and oh we we are uh, so gentle and winsome in the way we talk and, and saying things that are could appeal to certain crowds because they're so ambiguous and <laughs> no one really knows but it sounds good um, some, some of these folks right uh, they, they have been the last people defending freedom the last people defending election integrity. They're the furthest things from it. And those are the basic things. And I think because Trump, even though he's a bull in a China cabinet, he understands defending the basic things. Like we should have fair elections, like equal weights and measures, don't lie, don't steal, like those kinds of things. Like those really, really basic things, which our leaders are supposed to get, but they don't actually follow in real life. They're so busy pontificating and trying to sound smart to the media. Uh, those are the things Trump doesn't care about. He didn't care about playing to that crowd. He's just going his, to, his moral compass uh, doesn't point due north. You know, it's a, it's a little bit off, but he's still walking in the kind of a general right direction on most of the issues confronting us. And because he's even willing to walk when other guys are standing still, that's why he's so loved. And it just, it's kind of dawned on me. That that's what it is. It's, it's like, you know, you can have the best theology in the world. You have the best political philosophy in the world. But you don't really practice it. Uh, and if you're going to hide it all the time and, and couch it in nuance and, and never be practically good for anything, then who cares? Who cares? And Trump's not like that. And I think that's why these people, they, they actually see a guy trying to get results. And that's why the GOP should be frightened in a way. They could totally lose their whole base. Trump has the power to destroy them like he's destroying Fox News. Um, and it's not because of Trump's so powerful. It's because they're so terrible. <laughs> that's why, uh, the idea that pandering, uh, to, di- um, diversifies the party may not be true. And that's the other observation I have. Uh, you know, I, I was going to play a clip, but for sake of time, we're not going to do it. Um, there's, uh, there in California, there were some stop the steal rallies playing Latino, you know, salsa kind of music, all pro Trump. I mean, people, that, and the one I was just at, it's all mostly Asian people. The, this And Trump's not pandering to these people. Trump, it, He's not doing what the Democrats done. And he's expanded the base of the party. And this is, I think, such a good lesson. This is a good lesson for people in the church as well. You don't have to go the CRT route. Oh, we're going to do racial reconciliation and rip down everything that could smack of colonialism. And uh, we're going to just read our Bibles differently and diversify our library and make sure that we're having quotas and affirmative action programs and blah, 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 blah. That is not how you expand the base of your church. You may get, the, here's the thing you may get you may be able to suck the life out of all the other churches in your community and create a mega church for people who think the same way and think appealing and pandering is the way that works. And you may think you're getting a result. You're not. If you look at like the overall numbers, I'm positive this isn't, the numbers are dropping of Christians. The, the way that you actually attract people who are different than you, and what whether they eat the different food or whatever, is by being a person of strong convictions and caring about people and the things that are common to all people and not dividing them up. And that's what Trump has shown. If you just if, if, if you care about all people, if you have policies that are supposed to help all people and your message is for all people, and you're saying, hey, I, I've helped this demographic and helped this demographic, but it's not like I was just trying to do something for them. Uh, I was, I'm doing something for everyone. I want everyone, uh, the whole country to succeed. You end up attracting people who are uh, minorities. You don't have to pander to them. You don't have to do the whole, uh, the Jesse Jackson thing and, and make them feel like they're all victims and need you. Uh, no, you make, you, you actually make them feel like they're capable and, and create an environment uh, where they can succeed on their own labor and hard work and dignity. I think Trump has shown this, and I think uh, my fear is that the lessons are not being learned by the Republican Party and by Christian elites in general. I think they're not learning the lessons. They're not showing up at these rallies. They don't know who the base of their own movements are. Um, They don't know uh, why what Trump uh, has done has worked so well, and and it's going to come back to bite them if they don't wake up real quick. So uh, those are my observations on the Stop the Steal rallies. For those who like my political commentary, this episode was for you. I know not everyone is into that. We'll do more Christian social justice stuff later in the week. But uh, but this is a big issue right now, guys. And um, I hope uh, you're preparing yourself. I hope you're, gonna, you're also going to have a very good Thanksgiving, right? Uh, we have so much to be grateful for. Uh, The fact that you can even uh, watch what you're watching or listening, however you're doing it, you have the technology to do this, Um, just having food and shelter. The Lord says with these things, we shall be content. And we have so much more than that right now in this country. So God bless you all. And uh, until next time, bye now.